0: Asking for it. Subscribe now.
1: This is a CBC Podcast. It's May 19th, 2009, and Carol Off, then host of CBC Radio's As It Happens, is in the studio with a famous mentalist, kind of like a mind reader. His name? The Amazing Creskin.
2: I want you to imagine Carol that you're going into a square here in Toronto, but it's a very foggy day where the fog is rolling down. Now, there's a clock that was put in the city a few days earlier.
1: The clock demonstration, one of Kreskin's favorites. The amazing Kreskin has performed all over the world. In the 1970s, he had his own TV series that was broadcast across Canada and syndicated in the U.S., he's made hundreds of talk show appearances with the likes of Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Howard Stern, and Jimmy Fallon. Whether you believe in the idea of mentalism or not, one thing can be said for Kreskin. He really knows how to work a room. Reading Carol's thoughts that day was the grand finale of the interview. It involved Kreskin's watch and Carol's mind.
2: I'm going to set this watch down. Carol... I want you to count the number of times in your mind the clock rings the hour so you know what time it is, what hour of the day. Start counting in your mind now and interrupt me when the hours... Okay. How many hours? How many hours? Seven. Carol, I wish somebody were here. Can you lean over and tell what time I said (laughs) to you? Your watch says seven. Seven o'clock. I literally said it to seven. Isn't that fascinating? That's
0: That's amazing.
1: The Amazing Kreskin. Along with Carol and Kreskin, there was somebody else in the studio that day, me. I was the radio producer that booked the interview with Kreskin that day. And by arranging that Kreskin visit, though I had no idea at the time, I had just become the member of a very special club that orbits Kreskin. A club that's got nothing to do with mind reading and everything to do with Christmas. I'm Kent Hoffman, this is Storylines, with the story of an incredibly unlikely Christmas tradition, one that spans the globe and goes back decades. We'll start back in 2009. Creskin had a new book out at the time called Kreskin Confidential. I thought that was a great reason to book him for an in-person interview on As It Happens. I still have no idea how he knew Carol was thinking 7 o'clock. Besides reading Carol's thoughts, it's hard to describe what Kreskin does. One of the highlights of his stage show is that he has his fee for the night's performance hidden somewhere in the theater by a committee made up of audience members picked at random. He then uses his thought-reading abilities to figure out where the check is hidden. If he fails to find it, he doesn't get paid. Kreskin says that out of probably 6,000 occasions, he's not been able to find his check only 11 times.
2: You know, I use the term mentalist because what I do deals with the mind. It deals with how people think. It isn't a magic act. It's, I, I, the essence of what I do is capturing the mind.
1: Kreskin first captured my mind when I was a kid, so it was kind of a thrill to meet him that day. He was friendly and charismatic and a bit eccentric. Exactly what you'd expect from a celebrity mentalist. The first time I saw Kreskin was on TV in the 1970s. The Canadian TV show was called The Amazing World of Kreskin. I remember watching it. It was pretty far out. The interesting thing is that man developed science and philosophy
3: because of his consuming passion in his search to find new dimensions.
2: Welcome to The Amazing World of
4: Kreskin. Ladies and gentlemen, Preskin.
2: Do I believe in the supernatural? Well, of course, the show is not designed to foster belief in supernatural phenomena. I would say only in this way. I think the supernatural is the natural,
1: not yet understood. Supernatural phenomena? New dimensions? Pretty mind-blowing stuff when you're seven years old. But what really struck me, even at that age was that Kreskin really knew how to work a crowd.
2: Thank you for standing, man. Would you stand, please? I've never met you before, have I? Why were you thinking about Quebec?
0: We were, well, it was Quebec City, and we were there a couple
2: years ago, A couple also. of years ago? One
0: of my favorite cities. Favorite
2: cities. Does the month of September mean anything to you?
0: Yes, it's my birthday. September the 28th? Right. September the
2: 28th is correct. What does 403 mean to you?
0: Social insurance number. Social
2: insurance. Now, I'm not that familiar with them. How many more digits would that be? Six, a total of
0: next six. Next to three? After... Yes.
2: I cannot get the next digit. What is it, ma'am, after the three? It's a zero. A zero. Then another
1: another three?
5: Yes.
1: And Creskin gets the next number right. Uh-huh. And the next. Right. So, yeah, even though this clip is over 40 years old and the random audience member is not identified, I've decided not to broadcast her full social insurance number, but it's wild to watch. Here's the finish. Last and eight?
2: Right. Thank you
1: very, very much. <clears throat> Thank you, folks, very, very much. Thank you. We will be back, folks, after the following... Now, this was not considered identity theft in the 1970s, but rather a demonstration of one of Kreskin's amazing feats as a mentalist. But this story is not really about what makes Kreskin amazing. This is more of a Christmas miracle. The As It Happens interview aired in the spring of 2009, and it's a great memory. I still have Kreskin's business card somewhere that says, Even now, I know what you are thinking. But it was one interview for one day's program, and by the next day I moved on to other stories. Seven months later, just a few weeks before Christmas, I got some mail at work from Kreskin Inc. in West Caldwell, New Jersey. I quickly opened it. It was a Christmas card from The Amazing Creskin. I thought it was a nice gesture and after showing it to all my colleagues at As It Happens, I took it home to display on my mantle, you know, to make sure Santa could see it. But the story doesn't end there. The next year, I got another Christmas card from Creskin, and another one the following year and another and another. I don't even work for As It Happens anymore, but since that interview aired, I've received a Christmas card from the amazing Creskin every single year for a decade now. The cards are always beautifully printed with the lettering in a delicate cursive font. They often depict the scene at the manger or angels or snow-covered villages. The verse is usually a traditional Christmas message reflecting on the true meaning of Christmas, the beauty of the season or peace and happiness. There's nothing that would really hint that the card comes from a celebrity mentalist. However, one year, part of the verse read, My best thoughts for an especially happy new year. On second glance, I realized that the ESP in especially was capitalized. A season's greeting that quietly made mention of the extrasensory powers of the mind. The cards are professionally printed and likely sent out by his assistant, so even though there's nothing obviously personal about them, there's a real personal vibe to them that's hard to pin down. I feel like I'm the only person who gets one and I look forward to them every year. My CBC colleagues and my family always ask if I've gotten my card from Creskin yet. They're now a big part of my holiday ritual. A few years ago, I decided to send a Christmas card and a letter back to Creskin, but I have no idea if he ever saw it. In the note, I thanked him for continuing to send me the cards, and just for fun, I told him that I planned to have his card hidden under a chair at our family Christmas dinner. If I didn't manage to find it, I wouldn't get to eat. But, you know, I like Christmas dinner a little bit too much to ever follow through on such a promise, since I really have no thought-reading abilities. But all joking aside, I often wonder, if he's sending me an annual Christmas card, a guy who booked him for one interview a decade ago, who else is on Creskin's Christmas card list? And are they as happy about receiving these cards as I am? A quick search on social media revealed lots of people who get these cards from Creskin, including some of my CBC colleagues.
0: I got my first Creskin Christmas card the first Christmas after I had booked the interview.
1: Heather Barrett is a CBC host and producer in St. John's, and she got on Kreskin's mailing list much the same way I did, by booking him for an interview. She was working on the local radio noon show at the time.
0: And I remember Anne Budgel, the host I worked with at the time, got one too. And I remember we both opened these envelopes and they were, you know, the largest Christmas cards. And they were beautiful. They were on really, you know, nice thick paper embossed, I believe, maybe with some gold around it. Like, they were really fancy Christmas cards. And we just thought this was a really gentlemanly thing to do, like to follow up a normal, everyday work transaction with a Christmas card.
1: And like me, it wasn't just the one card.
0: I think I've gotten a card every year since. My
1: Cresken cards have always reached me before Christmas. Some of my friends at As It Happens watch for the card's arrival and like to bring it to me, like the first gift of Christmas. But some of Heather's cards have taken a bit of a roundabout route.
0: Like the arrival of the Creskin Christmas card used to be a perfect beginning to the Christmas season. But sometimes it would arrive in the new year because it had been, you know, rerouted to Ottawa or Moncton or something.
1: Yeah, it's out there somewhere.
0: It's out there, and it will come to me.
1: Whenever it arrives, for Heather, it's well worth the wait.
0: I think I've probably booked thousands of interviews for radio hosts over my working life. And you don't really expect to get thanked for it. The fact that The Amazing Kreskin has taken time to notice the person who's doing that kind of behind-the-scenes job, who generally your job is to not be noticed, is really incredibly considerate.
1: We need to take a quick break. Storylines in the amazing Kreskin will be right back.
5: From CBC Podcasts and The Fifth Estate, Brainwashed is a multi-part investigation into the CIA's experiments in mind control. From the Cold War and MKUltra to the so-called War on Terror, we learn about a psychiatrist who used his patients as human guinea pigs and what happens when the military and medicine collide. Listen to Brainwashed on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Of course, it's not just journalists who book interviews with Creskin who get these cards.
5: Uh, my name's Lizzie Shanks.
1: My name's Brandon Scott-Bashara. Lizzie and Brandon share a very unique connection to Creskin.
5: We wrote a song for Creskin 22 years ago 22 now. 22
1: years ago, yeah. The song was called... The amazing
5: I don't know you we've never met before correct I don't know you we never have had pleasure Brandon and I are writing partners music writing partners and uh, we had a group called Bashara um, and he created this piece and um, he said that he had created it because his mum used to dress him like Kreskin.
4: When I first arrived uh, to Canada, because uh, I was uh, Australian, as an infant came over here and didn't have television, and the first show I ever saw was The Amazing Kreskin. And I went, wow, he's amazing. And uh, I found some old pictures of myself during that period, and my mum was dressing me <laughs> as Kreskin with the same haircut, the same hornroom glasses, and uh, when I write, I'm an instrumentalist, I had this experience with Kreskin in mind. So the piece I was writing, instrumentally, was very unusual, a lot of um, not common types, and it's just very quirky. Then Lizzie Shanks
1: got to work on the lyrics for the fashion-inspired Kreskin song.
5: Hide my feet That's not gonna be a problem for me Logan. is You know, when you hear it, you know it's the perfect song for Creskin and the quirkiness, as Brandon was saying. So I didn't know a ton about him. I just thought, oh, I should really educate myself as to what this man is all about.
4: And next thing I know, she's read all his books. <laughs> um, lyrically, she's very accurate. And then one time she says, wouldn't it be great? To have Cresken come up and uh, open up our CD release, I'm I'm laughing like that's gonna happen. Next thing you know, she she uh, tracked him down. Well,
5: it was a little bit more than next thing you know. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little more involved than that, but uh, it wasn't really. We didn't do it. to get media. We did it because it was actually, um, you know, mm-hmm. it seemed like, well, we should get in touch with him because he would probably really like this song. That I was, was really happy for that. That was yeah. all it was. We yeah. wanted to, sh- to let mm-hmm. him hear the song.
1: Creskin loved the tribute song and ended up opening for Beshara at the release of their album Serial Suits at Toronto's Glengould Studio in 1998. Because Lizzie and Brandon got to spend a bit of time with Creskin that night, I was curious about what they could tell me about Kreskin, the person. I
5: would say extremely warm. Um, he just had a, a completely interesting energy around him, I would say.
4: Caffeinated, definitely.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but very personable and... Uh, and generous, kind, yeah, you know? really appreciative, I was, really I was appreciative very person. And that yeah.
4: the handshake of his is epic. Mm-hmm, it is, yeah. and, hugs. Was, and hugs, and hugs, and genuine. Hugs. Yeah.
5: And he did say to me afterwards, he goes, "You nailed it, lady." <laughs> <laughs> goes, nailed it, lady. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, it, it felt good. Yeah, felt I never really had the good.
4: heart to tell him that you know, well, it was my mom dress? You know, like, <laughs> well,
5: it started <laughs> off as one thing; it became yeah, another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Creskin.
1: Of course, writing a song about Creskin means that Lizzie and Brandon and all the members of their band Bishera, also gained a permanent place on Creskin's Christmas card list over two decades ago.
5: 1998, yeah, and it was wonderful. I thought, oh, how thoughtful. And a
4: big
1: surprise. I know, it yeah. was
5: amazing. And then 1999, wow, <laughs> and then for the, the next 22 years.
1: Lizzie and Brandon always appreciate the yearly reminder of their special connection to Kreskin.
5: It's so nice to have someone do something that just remembers a bit of the past, you know, and and it's I think it's just a really courteous, lovely thing to do.
4: I, I really like getting any mail. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Other than bills, you mean. <laughs> it's,
4: it's very personal and very unique because part of me goes, oh, yeah, I've got a Christmas card for Kreskin. People go, what? said, so, yeah, this is what he does.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And this is what he does. At a
1: time when people send fewer and fewer Christmas cards, Kreskin not only continues to send them, but continues to add to his mailing list year after year. It was great to have a chance to speak to other recipients of these cards, who also believe these cards are special. When I first did that search on social media for Creskin Christmas cards, I found dozens of people who posted about these cards. Every single one of them proud to be a member of this quirky Christmas card club, posting messages like, "It wouldn't be the holidays if I didn't get my Creskin card." How did the amazing Creskin know I wanted a Christmas card from him? And. The Christmas season can officially start. I got my yearly card from Kreskin. Carrie Speckman, who's a writer and card recipient from Jacksonville, Florida, told me by email that after interviewing Kreskin and seeing his show, she wound up being part of his act. It was incredible. What a sweet man. And of course, she still gets her Christmas card year after year. But there's still one person I really wanted to talk to about these cards. Hello, Mr. Kreskin. Ken, yeah, just say Kreskin, don't say Mr. Kreskin. Okay.
3: I mean, the last time we spoke was about 10 years ago, huh, Ken?
1: That's right. So first of all, I, I really want to thank you for sending me a Christmas card every single year for the last decade. I, I look forward to getting them every year, and I still have all 10 of them, and they're, and they're actually right here in front of me at the moment. Uh, so. Oh, my gosh. So do you know how many people are, are on your Christmas card list? Oh, that? over 2,000. Over 2,000. The amazing Creskin sends out over 2,000 Christmas cards every year. So why do you still send out so many Christmas cards?
3: Because I, uh, I, I love uh, the holiday and uh, the, uh, people in different ways have touched, touched my life, uh, uh, as you have, and I don't forget people. I, I really don't.
1: Now on the surface, it might seem like these Christmas cards are really just good PR, Creskin's version of a press release. But after getting these cards for more than 10 years now, I really don't think so. Anyone who sends out over 2,000 Christmas cards must sincerely like Christmas and really like people. So it was no surprise to find out that Kreskin's own Christmas celebration is somewhat larger than life. And Christmas Eve
3: is uh, is legendary in my life. Every Christmas Eve now for, oh, I don't know, 50 years, 40, 50 years, my, my, my folks were alive. I, would, I did it then and I do it now. I have a group come over people I'm very close to, I do a performance for them for time for reflection and and, and to think about people, which we should all be around but think about people who maybe are uh, more alone now and need, need some kind of contact communication, which is why I bring people in, uh, many of whom are no longer their husbands or their wives are passed on and what have you. It has a very special meaning to me but the idea that they're coming to uh, sit and enjoy my performance, eat and talk together, and then the moment that everybody has looked for, and that is we set aside one hour where everybody gets their music sheets, and I play the piano and they sing uh, Christmas music. Now I cannot get everybody in my house at one time, 20, 20 or so people in the same room, so I have four Christmas Eves every year has been very incredibly special in my and it will never change.
1: I want to repeat what he just said. Creskin celebrates Christmas Eve on four different nights. Just like the Christmas cards where he adds more people to his mailing list as they come into his life, Creskin just adds more and more gatherings so that everyone can join in. Creskin clearly has a gift for connecting with people and loves performing. So I wanted to get a sense of his life and work as a mentalist and how it ties in with all this. It isn't really about if he's able to read people's thoughts on stage. I learned that it's the human connection that's really important to him. What does it feel like to read someone's mind? I mean, it seems to me like a like a rather intimate connection.
3: It is a very, you know, you, you said something very, very significant. And I'm so glad uh, that you brought this up uh, in in the way you did, uh, Kent, because uh, I find we're not embracing each other to the degree that we did not too many years ago, because one of the greatest phenomena, factors in my life and my career, and the word I'm talking about is empathy, and empathy is not just understand, not understand the way a person is or why they're acting the way they are and all of that shit. Empathy is a
1: gift ability to feel the way someone else feels. I think it's this idea of empathy that has a lot to do with why Kreskin sends out so many cards. He really doesn't want people to feel forgotten. I think it's why getting these cards from Kreskin has always connected with me in such a powerful way. It reawakens memories,
3: it reawakens experiences, and the opportunity to reflect upon some joyful moments or special moments or meaningful moments. I want people to realize that I have not forgotten them. Understand with some 2,000 Christmas cards, I look at every single card before it goes out. It takes it takes weeks, because sometimes I'm only home for a weekend or so forth, and my, my secretary's put you know, in a box the cards that were addressed up to that point. So I look at every single card. Because in so many cases well I'll I'll think of something about the person and say, Oh my God. Uh you know I remember that person had had this interest in their life. I wonder if it came about. Or if the youngster went into that kind of field that they
1: were looking into.
3: So uh Ken wouldn't you be interested in, in reawakening some experiences like that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. And and it's funny you, you say that about looking at every single card. It's because these I know I'm on a big mailing list, but these cards have always felt really personal to me, and now I understand why. Yes.
3: And they really are. They really are. That's so neat that you say that. Yes, they, that's a nice, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thought.
1: I mean, to me, this idea of sending a Christmas card being all about reawakening good memories and experiences is a beautiful thought, especially this year. I wonder if Creskin will always keep sending out Christmas cards. Oh yes! Are you kidding me? I uh,
3: I start looking for a new card uh, the day or uh, about a month a month after Christmas because I oh the companies all send me their cards. <laughs> you should see the amount of cards that I get, and they're not sending me to wish me a Merry Christmas. They're sending me to sell me a batch of cards.
1: <laughs> well, Creskin, I've been uh, I watched you on TV when I was. Probably seven years old, and I've always sort of known about your career and followed you. And I, I really want to thank you for taking the time to speak to me today, and for sending me these cards all these years. and And I want to wish you an amazing Christmas.
3: Well, oh, I like that. And then Ken, I, I got to tell you, Ken, sometime when I'm touring Canada, if I'm on your in your area, you got to let me know because I will kinda have you come by. And who knows, you may participate in something that takes place during my performance. Good to talk to you, Ken, and let's keep in touch, and hopefully we'll see each other before long, huh? okay? Now, I won't say goodbye. In the spirit of broadcasting, let's just say to be continued.
1: To be continued, Creskin. See you then. Thanks, Ken. All right, take care. Thanks. Thank you, Ken. Bye. After talking with Creskin, I, I took a look at all the cards he sent me over the years, and I, and I came across one that read, there's something about actually holding a card, enabling one to pause and experience, for a few quiet moments, the joy and inner peace of Christmas. I totally agree. I suggest you take the time to send a card to someone you haven't been in touch with for a while. I'm no mentalist, but I know they'll be amazed to hear from you.
5: Thank you. You have no idea how important they've been to us. It makes
4: makes me feel a bit special
0: yeah the other interesting thing about the cards is that they're all generally of the religious christmas variety and i thought just the fact that he was wearing in a way on his sleeve what he felt the meaning of christmas was 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 really
5: touching it's about connection to all people to me he's showing us how we're supposed to be in the world. Is, you know, once you know somebody and you've had a good relationship with them, foster that, whatever way that is. And for him,
0: it's Christmas cards.
4: For me, it's a fashion statement. <laughs> it's
0: great. Merry Christmas, Creskin. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, and I hope you're having a happy and full life.
5: Mr. Creskin, you are amazing. Merry Christmas.
4: Merry Christmas, Mr. Creskin. That's
1: all for Storylines this week. This episode was produced by me, Kent Hoffman. It was story edited by A.C. Rowe, who is also the producer of Storylines. Since this story originally aired on CBC's The Doc Project, I have retired from the CBC, but I still haven't missed a single Christmas card. Kreskin, or one of his elves, knew what I was thinking and now send the cards to me at home. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate and review. Or better yet, send the episode to all the people you forgot to send Christmas cards to this year. Nothing says thinking of you like a podcast recommendation. I'm Kent Hoffman. Thanks for listening.